The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello, everyone. This is Mark Santola from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm joined by my colleague, Sean Kakis. Today, we'll be sharing an investment idea that we think is a compelling way to position your equity portfolio for 2024, leaning on quality and growth. We'll contextualize this idea using our cyclicality versus inflation framework, something we've reviewed a bit in past podcast episodes. So, Sean, let's start by giving a brief refresher on how the cyclicality versus inflation framework works. Then we'll get to our macroeconomic outlook for 2024. And then finally, we'll tie this outlook to portfolio positioning using our cyclicality versus inflation framework. So much of the volatility in markets over the past few years can really be boiled down to the market repricing inflation and growth. Therefore, we built a framework to help clients align their portfolios with the outlook on both of these factors. And this framework scores equity products based on exposures to industries that have shown a historical tendency to outperform in the four possible scenarios of growth and inflation coming in either higher or lower than expected. So you're left with four scenarios. Scenario one, growth stays resilient, inflation comes under control. Think of this as the soft landing scenario. Scenario two, growth stays resilient, inflation remains sticky. We call this the reflation scenario. Scenario three, growth slows, inflation comes under control. This is the hard landing scenario. And then scenario four is where growth slows, inflation remains sticky. This is the stagflation scenario. Our investment committees found this framework to be pretty useful in aligning the portfolios we manage with our outlook. So recapping 2023, we've seen an environment where inflation's eased dramatically, falling from levels that we hadn't seen in decades and is now within striking distance of the Fed's target. Meanwhile, economic growth has proven much more resilient than many initially expected. You know, recession seemed like the dominant narrative coming into the year, and we slowly saw those recession forecasts get pushed out to 2024 and beyond. Therefore, it wasn't surprising to see strategies that benefit from a soft landing outperform in 2023, since that combines inflation fading with economic growth coming in stronger than expected. But let's look ahead to 2024. Sean, how are we thinking about the macroeconomic environment over the next year? Well, first off, we expect inflation to continue normalizing back to the Fed's 2% target. If you look at core PCE, which is the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the index is now settling into a 2% run rate if you exclude the shelter component. So disinflation is continuing to broaden out. We exclude the shelter component because there are considerable lagged effects in that shelter PCE calculation, roughly 12 to 18 months. So real-time data around rent suggests that by mid-next year, shelter PCE could be increasing at a slower rate than what we even saw pre-COVID. And given that shelter makes up nearly a quarter of the core PCE index, this is a pretty big deal. It's a matter of when, not if, this last category of inflation normalizes like the rest of the index has. We also think that the labor market will continue to look more normal than it has the last few years. And this is important for the inflation backdrop as a tight labor market and higher wages can potentially put upward pressure on inflation. Over the last year, we've seen hours worked decline, we've seen average hourly earnings slow, and we've seen payroll growth slow to the levels that are now consistent with the 2% inflation world that we were in prior to COVID. 
Now, looking at the economic growth backdrop, we're still upbeat, but we're beginning to appreciate the potential for a slowing growth environment. While real GDP growth reaccelerated in Q3 of this year, coming in at roughly 5% annualized, it's unlikely that that persists. Naturally, you'd expect some sort of normalization there. And nominal GDP growth has been slowly slowing from high levels, and, and we expect that to continue as inflation normalizes. We've also seen credit card delinquencies tick higher, although this has been an issue impacting the lowest credit quality consumers. We've also seen corporate default rates taking higher as well. Again, we've only seen this at the lower credit quality issues. And then payrolls have also been slowing with the unemployment rate taking a bit higher. So while these things are all what you'd expect as the Fed keeps monetary policy restrictive for an extended period, it's something that we think the market could very easily extrapolate into a growth scare, triggering more of a flight to quality response in markets. That sounds like an environment where you'd get a steady bid to higher quality equities. Historically, we've seen the quality factor outperform in slowing economic growth environments. We've looked at the performance of the MSCI USA Quality Index to try to prove this point. And you can kind of see this index consistently outperforms, in some cases dramatically outperforms, the MSCI USA Index during periods of slowing economic growth data. So let's try to tie this quality idea back to the cyclicality versus inflation framework. There's a wide variety of definitions for quality, but on balance, strategies with a quality bias tend to plot with a modest tilt toward inflation fade and a modest tilt to late cycle. I think it's also important to note we tend to see growth strategies, particularly U.S. large cap growth strategies, plot toward inflation fade and late cycle as well, potentially with even more pronounced tilts. So it stands to reason that strategies that have elements of both quality and growth are going to plot in the lower right quadrant. While we call this quadrant hard landing, the starting point matters. Just to use an extreme example, even if market expectations moved away from definitely soft landing to probably soft landing, we'd expect that to provide a tailwind to strategies that plot in the lower right quadrant. So there are two ways to position for this slowing growth environment. One, using quality-focused thematic strategies, or two, allocating to U.S. large-cap growth. Why do many large-cap growth strategies allow you to implement quality in a portfolio? Well, let's compare the Russell 1000 growth to the Russell 1000 across a variety of fundamental metrics that one would use to characterize quality. The Russell 1000 growth generates a higher level of return on equity and invested capital over time, which indicates healthier profits. And the Russell 1000 growth also has lower levels of debt to capital and higher interest coverage ratios, indicating lower leverage. This sounds like a backdrop where the Fed can start thinking about normalizing monetary policy, or put another way, rate cuts. Rates rallying supports multiple expansion, which benefits long duration assets. That provides a tailwind for long-duration fixed income, obviously, but it's also a good environment for long-duration equity. Long-duration equity assets are sectors and industries that aren't expected to produce meaningful cash flow until further out into the future. This means that they tend to carry higher multiples and lower interest rates can help facilitate multiple expansion. So there are a variety of sectors and industries that tend to carry higher multiples, like technology, for example, but generally speaking, we're talking about inflation fade strategies in the bottom half of the chart which tends to skew growth over value. But we see two scenarios why the Fed would cut next year, so it's important to understand both of them. And they can cut because they feel their objectives around inflation and the labor market have been achieved, and neutral policy or more neutral policy is warranted. That's the case we've been making for much of this year. The rates market is starting to appreciate this, just looking at 
futures contracts for short-term rates next year, the market is expecting roughly 100 basis points of cuts in 2024. This would be the Fed seeking to bring rates back to that neutral level. Or they can cut because they believe a recession is imminent and believe stimulative policy is warranted. And this is arguably something that's not priced in anymore. A growth scare in early 2024 would be a step in this direction. And this is something we believe the market may be overlooking. Positioning for this risk would mean adding some exposure to the hard landing quadrant, and we think quality growth is a good way to get there. That concludes our discussion on implementing quality and growth in your portfolio to prepare for 2024. For more of our research and investment insights, please visit our website, im.natixis.com. And as always, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team and Natixis Investment Manager Solutions, Thanks for your continued partnership, and thanks for listening. Important information. As of December 14, 2023, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. Russell 1000 Growth Index is an unmanaged index that measures the performance of the large cap growth segment of the U.S. equity universe. It includes those Russell 1000 companies with higher price-to-book ratios and higher forecasted growth values. Indexes are unmanaged, do not incur fees, and include reinvestment of dividends and interest income, if any. It is not possible to invest in an index. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies, collectively Natixis. Such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds, or other financial products. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Managers Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers, LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision. NatixisIMSolutions.com Member SIPC Ad Tracks, 614-4240-111 Pod 52, December 2023